the old saying goes, if it seems too good to be true, it's probably not. And people fall into traps all the time. And even though setting the traps tend to get caught, if you look up the 10 most famous investment scams, you'll discover that the truth finally caught up with most of them. And the most famous of them all is Bernie Madoff. His sentence back in 2009 to 150 years in prison after his investment firm scammed investors of $65 billion. It's one of the biggest frauds ever seen in America. Yet, here's the sad reality. Every year, more than 30 million consumers fall victim to investment fraud. But wait, there's more. What's even more surprising is that investment fraud victims actually score higher on financial literacy measuring scales than the non-victims. So where did all that financial knowledge get them? Remember, we've been learning in Proverbs that knowledge doesn't necessarily equal wisdom. And we need to keep that in mind because you and I are being constantly solicited and bombarded with choices every day. Buy this, wear that, uh, this will make you happy, this will satisfy your longings. Uh, take our easy road to success. And today in Proverbs chapter 1 verses 8 through 33, we're going to be presented with two choices for living life. And these two choices are represented by two distinct voices. And both these voices call out for our attention every day. But here's the problem. For you and I, there's so much noise in our world. Uh, so much noise we can't even hear what the right voice to follow is saying. Uh, we're drowning in information. We're drowning in solicitation. Uh, and cutting through all that noise, God offers us the voice of wisdom. That's that one voice. And it's in His Word. It's in the mouth of His children. But but all people usually hear are the confused communications, the, the foolish voices that tend to lead them farther and farther away from God's truth. A similar situation existed back in ancient Israel when, when Solomon was, was writing Proverbs. Um, and even without all, all of our modern digital noisemakers, the people of his day weren't listening. Oh, God was speaking, he always does, but as is often the case, they just weren't hearing. Remember, there's really nothing new under the sun. Uh, then, as it still is now, these two voices compete for our attention. And they're personified in these first nine chapters of Proverbs by two women, Lady Wisdom and Madam Folly. And they both seek to win our obedience. And Solomon tells his son, in verse 8, which of these two voices he should obey. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. And again, again in verse 10, he says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. You see, these two voices will speak, and these two voices will be heard, and the, and the path that they call out to us to follow, the activities that they ask us to join in on, are going to be enticing. But which of the two will we listen to? Which voice will we choose to live by? You know, the smart thing, the wise thing, would be to take a look at where these two voices eventually lead to. Where will it all finally end? So, first, let's take a look at the way of folly. Madam Folly, oh, she's enticing. She, she promises you everything you could ever want. Verse 9 is described as pendants for your neck. And you may say, well, why would I want a pendant? Well, 
this is referring to precious jewels and, and, and precious metals and, and pendants were a sign of, of great wealth and great power in Solomon's day. Boy, don't we have wealth and power calling out to us today. The drive for success, the, the jealousy of the person's car in front of us, the, all those commercials that, that show normal people like you and I living in fantastic living rooms and kitchens. Oh my, I need that. How could I have ever gone without that? What will you do to obtain those things? To what lengths will you go? What sacrifices of family and friends and even for God are you willing to make? just to get our piece of folly's pie. In contrast, the Apostle Paul gave Christian servants a different focus to live by. It's in Titus 2, 9 and 10. He told them to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. In other words, Paul is saying, what will you adorn yourself with? God's wisdom tells us to be, to be found wearing his teachings. We are to be making the Bible beautiful to everyone by living a godly life. See, our choices should reflect God's purposes. Peter, the Apostle Peter, he counseled saved wives to win their unsaved husbands to Jesus Christ by adorning themselves with the imperishable beauty of Christian character rather than with trying to entice them by wearing the artificial beauty of man-made glamour. It's in 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4. Now, now aren't the, the voices of Peter and Paul and their instruction very different than what you and I typically hear presented in our world today? You see, the way of Madame Folly will entice you with the exact opposite. In verse 13, she says, Hey, how about some precious goods? You know, they can be yours. She says, we shall fill our houses with plunder. Follow me. We'll dominate. We'll take whatever we want. Uh, aren't, there are things that can really satisfy you, fy you, and they're all within your grasp. Oh, and by the way, she says, we'll share it all equally after we get it. She says in verse 14, throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. Yeah, sure we will. We obtained it by greed and deception, so of course that'll all change after we take it. Yeah, right. Wisdom tries to head off folly. Gets out into the streets with the message of truth. Verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate she speaks. Amongst all the noise, wisdom works hard. At trying to expose the truth. In verse 22, she describes Madame Folly as simple ones who love being simple. Imagine, Folly followers are in love with being naive. Can you imagine that? Wisdom goes on to describe Folly further as scoffers who delight in their scoffing and fools who hate the knowledge that only wisdom can deliver. Wisdom's knowledge is to folly a killjoy. It's a downer. Oh, come on, you are ripping all the fun out of life. But it's oh so crystal clear when, when wisdom unveils the way that folly actually looks, uh, where it will take you. Without wisdom's voice in your world, 
you and I typically don't see the outcome of following folly. We're, we're blind to it. We're blind to it because we really do want what folly offers. And we just go for it. Even though it seems too good to be true. 300 years before Jesus Christ, there was a Greek philosopher named Zeno. And he made a statement that he never dreamed would become a powerful weapon for parents who are teaching their children. And, and no doubt your parents uh, used or quoted Zeno's words in some fashion whenever you talk too much. Here's what Zeno actually said. The reason why we have two ears and only one mouth is that we may listen more and talk less. So now let's stop and hear the one voice of wisdom with our two God-given ears. The way of wisdom. Well, she's enticing also. But she draws us to God. God's word contains God's immeasurable insight into how life works. When, when, when we read God's wisdom, if, if we listen to God's guidance, if we choose to not go the way of folly in our daily walk, verse 23 can be ours. He says, she says, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my wisdom to you. I will make my words known to you. You see, you will know where to turn. You will know how to respond. You will walk the paths of this life with confidence. But wisdom also warns us that you can go the other way and that your life choices can leave you in a it's too late situation. Verse 27, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now understand that we're talking about total rebellion against God. Notice that wisdom says there's no fear of the Lord. There's no insight or correction received from God. In verse 25, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, God is saying, I put stuff in your way to get your attention. I signaled loud and clear with a warning, but you ignored me. You wouldn't listen. You wouldn't respond. And only God knows when those lines are crossed in our lives. We all realize that there are consequences, right? We, we know that our actions will have to be swallowed in some way. So why do we follow folly as if there are no consequences? Well, some Christians would say, well, because God will forgive me. Well, yeah, forgiveness is from God upon true repentance. But the, the picture that wisdom is painting here is that there is no true repentance. And that the damage is already done. You see, stress in life. Stress is a really big topic today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just so stressed out. Wisdom is the no stress way to go. But if you do not listen, wisdom is going to bash you in the head later on. The way of folly, as enticing as it appears on the surface, is revealed to us through the eyeglasses of wisdom. Folly is, is actually a really ridiculous way to go. And wisdom 
cleverly points out its foolishness and reveals the, its truth in, in verses 17 and 19. For in vain a net is a net spread in the sight of any bird. You don't let the birds watch you set a trap. But these men, oh, they lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. You see, those, those intricate, evil schemes that they come up with actually are traps that they themselves get caught in later on. We all know how this works. It's the same way when you tell a lie, you, you use a lie to cover up that first lie and then another lie to cover that one and another one. And before you know it, you're trapped. Verse 19, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Everything we do to gain through folly eventually kills us. Be deaf to that voice of deception. Block out her voice. Listen to wisdom's insight as to, as to how things really work and how certain choices will always end. Look how this section ends in verse 33. Wisdom says, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. So what do we make of wisdom? Wisdom is the voice of salvation. Wisdom is the voice of eternal salvation and, and in salvation now. Wisdom offers life for you now. Notice how wisdom speaks. It's described as this loud ringing voice that everybody can hear. Well, how do you hear her voice? Well, what could be louder than the voice of all of creation? Paul tells us that, that God has spoken his truth, his, his wisdom to everyone on the planet through creation. It's in Romans 1, 18 through 20. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his pow eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Paul also tells us that God has spoken his truth, his wisdom, to everyone on the planet through their conscience. Romans 2, 14 and 16. For when Gentiles who do not have the law uh, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. If you have trusted in God's gift of salvation through faith in his debt payment for your sin, in Jesus Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for your sin, then you heard of his wisdom and you followed by his grace. But that was just the beginning. Uh, that was the entrance into his wisdom. See, there's, there's work to be done by each of us in our work which God long ago prepared for us to do by his power and his wisdom and his insight. His work for us is to proclaim this gospel message so that others can hear and believe and be saved. But like wisdom, 
we must present the word of truth in an uncompromising way. Did you, did you notice how wisdom told the truth straight up? Do this and live. Do that and die. It's pretty bold. It's pretty in your face. So why so harsh? Well, remember, we're talking about avoiding folly. A folly that leads to death. Do you really want to go there? Do you really want to see others go there? Do you even want to just get a little bit close? How do we avoid death? Well, eternally, it's through having our sin forgiven, through trusting in God's sacrifice, His, His payment for our sin debt, which we could never pay. No amount of work, no amount of sacrifice would ever measure up to the standards of righteousness of, a, of our holy, loving God and what He demands. How do we avoid death in the here and now, as in avoiding the killer consequences of following folly? Well, in Proverbs, the father tells his son how to avoid folly and how to avoid giving in to folly's temptations. First, he says, check carefully the path that you're on and check that path with the light of God's word and don't walk with the wrong crowd. Psalm 1, 1 to 2 puts it so beautifully. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. If you're walking with the wrong crowd, you'll likely end up doing the wrong things. You see, that's just the way life works, and don't let anyone convince you differently. And secondly, don't play with temptation because temptation always leads to a trap. Like, like we saw with those birds in, in, in Proverbs 1.17. Birds don't take the bait when they can plainly see the trap, and people ought to be smarter than birds, you'd think. So immerse yourself in God's wisdom, His Word, so that you can then clearly see the snares that have been set with you in mind. And third, when you disobey God, and that does happen, when you take advantage of others, when you put your interests above other people's interests, realize that you're only harming yourself. In verses 18 and 19, wisdom puts it this way, they set an ambush for their own lives. It takes away the life of its possessors. You see, we, we are free to choose to take what we want from life but eventually we're going to have to pay for it. And the price we often pay is, is higher than the value we'll ever gain. You end up sacrificing the permanent for the immediate, the, the eternal for the temporal, and that's always a bad investment. Confess your sins regularly. And God is faithful to forgive those confessed sins and to clean you up and to set you back on His path of wisdom. So. What's up with you this coming week? Uh, are there particular choices that you're considering in your life? Uh, some decisions that, that need to be made, great or small? Well, if you are, you, you are already experiencing the call of folly and the way of wisdom. And they are both enticing you. Well, maybe this will help. There's this insightful study conducted by Harvard University 
that suggest happiness is contagious. The research discovered that when a person is happy, friends who live close by have a 25% chance of becoming happy themselves. For next door neighbors, the percentage goes up 34%. And the author of the study said it this way, everyday interactions we have with other people are definitely contagious in terms of happiness. And what's more, this happiness contagion uh, extends beyond merely the people we encounter face to face. It includes up to three layers of contact, contact, friends of friends of friends. Well, one lesson we learned from this study is that it pays to surround yourself with the right kinds of people. Wisdom rubs off. Proverbs recommends surrounding yourself with the right kind of people to help you in the way that you should go and in the way that they should go. But a better lesson, uh, a deeper lesson, is that you and I have a choice to make each day. And even these choices that are coming up for you next week are really bigger than just our own small worlds. The results of our choices extend to places uh, we might not even be aware of, uh, but there are places and there are people that God has prepared for us to influence for His glory. Well, how do we do that? Well, Paul put it this way in Ephesians 4:32: Be kind to one another. Uh, be tender-hearted. Forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. And in Philippians 4, 5, let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. God tells us here through Paul that important things like mercy and tenderness and, and, and kindness are the ways we should be conducting ourselves. These are the types of people we should not only surround ourselves with, but that we should also be. And happiness, which we saw in the study can be contagious that's not even the goal but the gospel of Jesus Christ is the goal behind all of our choices and the, and the character traits that the gospel builds up in you and I through the power of the Holy Spirit of God is what should be contagious the skills that, that God has given to each of us to develop are, are to be purposefully used to bring God glory so we're not even really talking about the goal of being happy, but what we're talking about are the, are the fruits of the Spirit, like, like kindness and tenderheartedness and forgiveness and graciousness. And we want to display, to display who we are through Jesus Christ in, in the streets where we walk and in the homes where we live. Folly will always seek to bring about man's glory, but will instead deliver destruction. While wisdom will always seek to bring about God's glory, and deliver eternal life through Jesus Christ. So which of those two voices will you choose today? Will you answer the call of folly or will you walk the way of wisdom?